Hello, hello. Just popping in here to say this is part two of a two-part episode. I think you could totally enjoy this part as a standalone conversation too, but if you'd like to hear the whole thing, do check out part one first because that was great as well. I'll link it in the show notes. And as always, dear listeners, if you enjoy the show and find value in this work, please consider supporting via Patreon to help keep the show going. It is entirely listener-funded, so it needs patrons to survive and thrive. Plus, every time someone signs up to my Patreon, an IDW fan sheds a tear. It's true. It's true. It has been confirmed, (laughs) which is such a fun bonus, right? But if you can't support via Patreon, please consider leaving a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Or hey, you could even subscribe to the YouTube channel, which I have not really focused on growing much till now, but uh, I do post podcast episodes there. So if you prefer to listen on YouTube, well, hit that subscribe button. And now the episode. Welcome to the Polite Conversations podcast, where every episode is focused on civility decorum and good manners and i'm your lovable non-controversial host Ina. if you know me you know i definitely don't like to ruffle any feathers at all settler colonial nations stick together because if if you undermine the foundation of israel you're undermining your own foundation like yeah. you've probably been following the news in canada with the residential yeah. schools yeah. canada was was founded on native genocide as was the united states yeah. as was australia as was new zealand as was south africa um it's all these countries and like apartheid south africa obviously and it's like if you undermine israel which is literally doing a speed run of that it's literally you're you're coming calling to question your very own existence as well yeah um and and highlighting you know the palestinians or what's happened to the palestinians is is this ideology that is what happened to natives all around everywhere or just local people like in, in ireland as well and it's just funny that like the Israelis and often how it's framed is they view it as some sort of land back. Like we are retaking our home, mm-hmm. um, not knowing that is a ridiculous notion. Even if every single Israeli Jew could actually trace their ancestry back there, still stupid to be like, I'm coming back to take over this place, which is completely inhabited. But even then it's like, you can convert to Judaism and become Israeli. Well, yeah. Can you imagine like American Irish people going to Ireland and evicting people from their homes and be like, I'm coming yeah. back. Exactly. Like, you know, if Joe Biden goes back to his hometown and kicks a Ukrainian family out, is everyone going to say that's okay? Oh, like he's just, co- he's just coming home. Like <laughs> it's like, no, it's, it's not the way it works. And then it goes further to the point of if, if someone just converted to Catholic and came back to Ireland, like, yeah, I'm Catholic. So I'm Irish. Let me take over. It's like, you know, it's just two things that like is very frustrating that it always falls on the marginalized and oppressed to speak up against this stuff because the powerful have both an interest in keeping it the status quo the same but also don't want to shed light on their own crimes because you know if this is a successful case for genocide could you start bringing them against the united states and canada as well for Mm -hmm. native genocide like is it a precedent that you could you could 
in in hindsight prosecute so that's what i think as well and it's but just like even yeah. in terms of this genocide the complicity right yeah and exactly yeah like with, with joe they're saying they want to prosecute joe biden which they should or anthony blinken rishi sunak keir starmer in the uk and it's like they should because the, the israelis have had no one to tell them no there's no one saying you shouldn't do this or we'll cut off funding or weapons or will sanction you. So everyone is complicit. And like, like you can't just like pay lip service to, oh, it's so horrible what's happening in Gaza. And we're so concerned about the humanitarian crisis. And from behind, you're like handing them weapons with one hand and like expressing concern with the other hand, like wiping yeah. away your fake tears. It's like bullshit. And, and I think for a lot of maybe even Western leaders, I think they know what's happening is terrible. But I also think Palestinians, for everyone, are a sacrificial lamb for capitalism because we're saying about the, the Arab leaders, you know, why don't they do something? Mm-hmm. Their whole population support Palestine. But it's because the Palestinians are worth sacrificing to keep the status quo intact, whether that be the power of the Saudis, Egyptian leadership. It's like, it's all about, for me, that's why I'm an anti-capitalist first and foremost. The reason the world is complicit in the Israeli genocide is just because of money. And it's because mm-hmm. the status quo, you know, even even supposed anti-imperialist communist countries, whether that be Vietnam or China, they've barely said anything, you know, mm-hmm. trying to call for a Palestinian state today, but that's at like the bare minimum. It's like, why do they do that? Because the global economy is all tied up in one system. Mm-hmm. And that's the bad thing for me personally, for the Cold War ending, because as hostile as that time was, you would have a very much like, this side supports this side. So, like, East Germany supported Palestine. Soviet Union supported Palestine after it supported Israel first. And it's like, you had another way of doing things, but now it's like, no, everyone just supports money. Therefore, everyone more or less is on the side of Israel, apart from a few countries like who have maybe left-wing governments like Brazil, or they have a history with apartheid like South Africa. And that's mm-hmm. it, really. Everyone else is like, washes their hands of it even you know supposedly the most holy and religious people like the saudi the saudi royal family (laughs) oh they're full of shit but yeah yeah. i mean just the way also the people who support and don't support kind of like falls along racial lines is yeah extremely disturbing to see right that's another thing that's like a rug pull moment it's like it's so blatant that it just could not matter to all these countries, these civilized Western nations who talk about humanity and equality and progress all the time. Yeah. And it's like you're saying, racial lines, it's like you see an Israeli protest, nearly everyone there is white. <laughs> you see a Palestinian protest, it's very diverse. I've been, I've, yeah. been, I've been to a couple of them and it is mm-hmm. very diverse, like mm-hmm. age, age diverse, race diverse, you go to an Israeli one, it's just all, it's just all white people. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, there are, of course, like, token, all kinds of people. Like, the, I know the ex-Muslim, and you've talked about visiting the horrible place that is the oh, ex-Muslim subreddit. Yeah, the ex-Muslim subreddit. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That is a bed of white nationalist talking points, unfortunately. Yeah, well, that's the thing, because a lot of people who post in there aren't even ex-Muslim. They're, yeah. they're fucking Nazis, and it's like... The the one thing I understand is I understand how traumatizing, obviously, a religious upbringing can be. And I can mm-hmm. understand how in that and how you were treated, you associate that religion with all this terrible shit. So I understand how they fall for it. But at the same time, it's like what I really wanted them to understand. Like sometimes I comment on it. I'm like, like when you're posting like Tommy Robinson or Gert Wilders and stuff, it's like, just realize these people are 
don't know anything about Islam. <laughs> that all they're saying is they hate people who look like you, and that that is literally it. And but you know, it's hard because who am I to say to like someone who's had a terrible experience, like in Saudi Arabia or something like that? You know, you got to have this nuance. But at the same time, I'm just like. If, but that's what they're relying on. That's what yeah. they're relying on. While they criticize identity politics, that's the identity politics they play all the time. It's like, yeah. oh, yeah, you're going to tell me, you know, a woman supporting Tommy Robinson. I was traumatized by being forced to wear the hijab. And yeah. that's why I support Tommy Robinson. And it's like, hmm, that's <laughs> bullshit. I'm sorry. He He's yeah. as anti-feminist as they come. So Yeah, and that's what I mean. They attach themselves to these people because they think like oh they'll, they'll save me from islam ever doing this again but it's like if they're setting up deportation camps for muslims yeah. you're, you're going straight in there with, yeah. with the rest yeah. of them so like, exactly. you, like it's like you see it a lot you see it with like um gay conservatives trans people in america it's like you know but there's they're... that capitalism again right like yeah. there are immense immense financial benefits to being that token minority and i can tell you that even in the brief period where i was swayed by new atheism just a couple of years I had so many platforms open up for me. I had very massive accounts retweeting my podcast all the time because I talked about Islamic conservatism, and that was my focus. And when I became more and more and more left, that is like my Patreon shrank. The types of patrons that I would get shrank. You know, like before, I would get like several $50 patrons or a $100 pay, but there's no such thing. I don't know how people on the right, they call themselves center, but they're like IDW types. Like, why is it that that area of the spectrum, the political spectrum, has so much to spend on supporting the voices that it wants to support? But the left, it, it doesn't compare, unfortunately. Yeah. And also in terms of reach, like the, the larger left-wing accounts do nothing to lift up smaller left-wing content creators. Whereas people like Sam Harris, you know, he will be like propping up his favorite ex-Muslims all day long. I was invited on Bill Maher's show. Oh, really? Glad it never worked <laughs> out. Yeah. Um you know what I mean? Like those kinds of opportunities do not exist for me now. Yeah, well, I think I think there's a couple of things, but obviously, like um, we were saying about the narrative becoming the mainstream, the the powerful want your voice because it lends credibility to their arguments that all yeah. Muslims are terrible. Where left wing people is more like it's more like community funded, isn't it? It's like just your average Joe giving yeah. you like a, do- a dollar or two. Like I normally yeah. ask, I tell people to give me like one dollar if you want to support my work. Because you recognize that a lot of us, you know, we're left-wing people or progressive because, not because, you know, some of us have done well in the system or done okay, but it's more like realizing, like, your common humanity, but that in that you're pushing back against the status quo that is very hostile. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's very, and obviously, you know, we're starting from the point that everyone's brainwashed to think a certain way of, like, being more conservative or pro-genocide or pro-reactionary, and it takes, like, a long time to get away from that the one thing i will say is that since i started on youtube in 2017 left-wing content has become like way more popular which is yeah that's very true that's very true i think the trump era swayed the pendulum a little bit the other way in terms of popularity of left-wing content yeah and and i think 
the economic reality is finally set in for a lot of younger people of like oh you know my parents had like single income house and like you know my mum's a stay-at-home mum because yeah. of this reason but now it's like can't even afford a room in a, a shitty room yeah. somewhere and i'm working insane hours and it's like the economic reality just radicalizes people well, we don't have the luxury of sitting around debating religion anymore where everyone's being fucked over by the economic system. So I think I think a lot of people now, even with the Israel stuff, people realise that the powerlessness of your average person comes from the economic system as well because a lot of countries, as, ba- as bad as we're saying like uh, the UK, Canada are, at the very least, most people who have an opinion support a ceasefire. Mm-hmm. And it shows how out of touch the governments are that... Yeah. They, they, and, and even political parties, they won't call for a ceasefire when their populations want one. And it's just like to a lot of people, it's like you realize, and this even goes back to the point about how Muslims affect uh, Western politics. It's like you realize how powerless you are to affect change. And that's as uh, like white middle class people. And I'm not talking yeah. about a poor Libyan refugee with no education yeah. and no job, which apparently is the scariest thing ever to someone like Douglas Murray. Uh, but it's not scary that like uh, you have a whole system, especially in the UK, if people go, all go to the same school, all have families that go back to like twelve, the 1200s of being like kings and like rulers and stuff. And it's like, no problem with that. It's the problem with uh, a poor person who doesn't speak English coming here looking for a, <laughs> looking for a home. Mm-hmm. And that's why it's just like for a lot of us, I think, on the left, it's like, you know, if you're a token that is lucrative but they'll turn on you one day yeah it's not secure like we've been saying like uh, a muslim is not a religious person to a lot of these people it's it's a racial identity yeah and, and they'll get you one day same with dave rubin um you know well they've him, come after him plenty of times yeah but... for, having, for having children <laughs> yeah. they call him like a groomer and stuff and then you know and and with sam harris as well when he didn't become a trump supporter they came after him as well because it's like yeah. you carry war for the fascists but if you don't support them, they're going to yeah. turn on you too. But there isn't loyalty in that, is, I think, is the main thing. He likes to handpick his fascists. You know, he doesn't like Trump because he's a stupid fascist, but he likes, you know, people that are more obscure. Or, <laughs> yeah. like, you know, like, he used to retweet things like content that was, like, do you know Anne-Marie Waters? Like, she's unhinged. She's, I probably do, but I I don't remember oh, at this point. <laughs> well, she's like an Irish English, maybe. She she like started a UK Pegida with Tommy Robinson. Oh, okay. <laughs> but, yeah, he like that was the kind of people that he was um, supporting before it, they became more well known. I, I honestly think for him, a, a lot of it is ego as well. He just thinks Trump's stupid. That's yeah. his disagreement. It's not yeah. that is is the content of what he says is necessarily wrong. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, he said on a few occasions that look, I agree with about I don't know more than fifty percent of, or maybe it was even ninety percent. I forget the number that he said, but it was alarmingly high. So I agree with this percent of his politics, and it's like, oh fuck, <laughs> you do <Yeah. laughs> see? You, you just said it. It's just a stylistic issue you have then. Yeah. No, it, it's true, and it's just. Uh... It's just annoying that sometimes just like that just gets rewarded so much and it just becomes so mainstream where leftist people are just so insanely demonized for the slot day that is wrong. It's like, no, just be a fascist and coat it in like a, you know, be articular and plausible deniability. Like the the thing that was funny about watching your interview of him is how like all over the place he is every time because you like really direct with him mm. and he's just like jumping around so much and it's so frustrating because you can't pin him down and like think of like, mm-hmm. like well, what do you what do you think then 
like even when you are direct he's he still deflects so much and i think that's the a big thing for him just like plausible deniability of oh well i didn't say that or that person didn't actually say that exactly when they actually meant it with everything they did say like apart from directly saying it it's just very frustrating and which is such a big feature of the new atheist scene right like there's so many of these like big uh twitter accounts from that era that used to kind of play these games while they're criticizing religious apologists for like shifting goalposts and stuff that is exactly what they did every time you know they just want that like little leeway or wiggle room to to have that plausible deniability yeah I mean, Sam has even said, like, the only people speaking honestly about the dangers of Islam are the fascists. And then when people quote him, he's like, you're so intellectually dishonest. That's not what I meant, that I love fascists. I mean, I'm worried by them, but yet they are the ones speaking most honestly. Yeah, well, he's he just been radicalized into, like, Western chauvinism because it's like, I, I couldn't understand being just, like, someone in this economy like working like normal having like especially in like a globalized city like london like your co-workers come from like every different background mm-hmm. and think of yourself as you live in your like shitty one one bed room shared in a house with like six other people for like a thousand pound a month like oh shit like what i got really worried about is that muslim takeover it's just like yeah. so insane to me now but that's what i mean he's so divorced from any like most of us now where the economy is so terrible it's like that is no one is thinking about that and that's why people like trump don't even really speak about it because no one no one like the refugee stuff for america i think america is a good case study because it doesn't have the geographical thing is the one thing that was right about what sam was saying you don't have that i'm not saying it makes it any better really Mm. but like you know you don't have that so it's not at the forefront of politics really but it's kind of like people just don't give a shit because you want your life to be better and you realize that you know what i hope people realize more now is that especially with palestinians you watch those videos and you, you can see yourself like you can imagine yourself as a palestinian yeah it's, it, it, it's so humanizing in terms of like you know you can't imagine yourself as an israeli soldier because they're so fucking terrible right well i'm but sure can some imagine, people can but <laughs> i mean yeah some people can but it's like for me it's like you know what what the israelis are doing is backfiring so much in that they're trying to depict the palestinians as savages but i think it's the completely wrong time to do that like it's such, such a different time than it was like maybe 20 years ago is like you watch those videos you can you can talk to people from palestine like my girlfriend interviewed someone actually in gaza for an article the other day oh, so wow. we, we, we we don't rely on on mainstream media for the information like you can't control the narrative that all palestinians are like nazi hamas supporters who want to kill jews and stuff it's like no we see the videos of you know children with the most terrible injuries or missing limbs or just like you know how many dead bodies have you seen on twitter from palestinians and it's like it's absolutely horrific and it's like you know we realize to a lot i think a lot of us realize is that that we are more closer to being that than the when we are being to like i don't know some rich guy or part of this elite class in the uk politics we're more closer to the palestinians you know we'll never reach that level probably but it's like you know that's where the solidarity should lie just because these are normal people trying to live a normal life and it's being made impossible for them through things outside of their control which i think most people can relate to now and the palestinian desire just you know what always strikes me about watching these videos is like completely contrast the narrative these people just want to live a normal life like a lot of them don't even think about like the wider you know, they would just love God. Like a lot of them would be happy enough, you know, especially the young people. If Gaza was just free, they're not yeah. even talking about like reclaiming, 
you know, 1948 borders and stuff. They just, yeah. I don't know if you saw that video of the ceasefire and the drone stopped flying. That kid was like really happy yes. or they went to oh. the beach and stuff. And it's like, heartbreaking. It's of, yeah, it's, it's terrible. But then you, you relate to that because it's like, they just want to live a normal life in peace. Like most of us do. And for, for left wing or like just general people in Western society, it's a lot more of a, the first world problem in that we're thinking about our economic conditions, but it's like a similar sentiment where Israelis like, no, we want to conquer and kill so we can build like luxury beach resorts on that beach. Mm-hmm. And it's like, for, for like some religious reason as well. We need to reclaim the whole of historic Judea and Israel yeah. um, to fulfill some sort of fucking biblical prophecy. So like, that's, that's the one thing that is, it's terrible it's happening, but I'm glad it's happening in this era and not like, imagine if this was happening 20 years ago. Well, yeah, we would be like blind to a lot of the realities. Right. And that's the thing is that mainstream media can't really gatekeep as much as they try by suppressing these stories or using really weird exonerative sentences um to yeah, like died when they've been shot in the head by exactly or something. Yeah. we can all see now on our smartphones like daily multiple times a day what's happening and even if they don't like air like say south africa in the court i don't know how true that is but i saw people saying that certain channels didn't air it and they aired the israeli defense yeah they barely covered it like because i remember i was listening to the news in the uk it was like the fifth story when south africa were doing it mm. and then it was this the first or second story when israel were defending themselves and it had an israeli spokesman on the radio like, this, is, this is like breaking news which is like two minutes long at yeah. the hour on the radio so it was like clearly an editorial decision because yeah. the bbc is run by like massive conservative party like members yeah. and stuff and i mean here there have been channels that have given instructions to their journalists to not say the word palestine and to just simply not cover any story critical of israel yeah it, it's it, just blatant and the, the thing was so dangerous as well um like small tangent is i see a lot of twitter accounts which i used to know for being fascist anti-semite anti-vaxxers and what happens is you shake the trust in mainstream media so much people seek that online and while that's good uh, like i'd say it's majority good because a lot of palestinian voices get elevated but then what happens is you get a lot of nazis getting in yes, the space yes um, yes yes so if people are listening there's a guy called jake shields yes there's another there's another account called censored man there's another account it's like dr something and i knew all these people for being insane yeah. anti-vaxxer fascists like i hate and MRAs. Trans yeah as well and now they're pretending they care about palestine because yeah. they hate jews and they've become I, I saw a poll the other day jackson hinkle's another one yeah they've become like double their growth. zionist hate is that is that another one too yeah yeah that one um but yeah but like that's the annoying thing because now all it takes is like you just tweet something like a real video is out but then it's like you're just emboldened these types of people now and people wouldn't never trust mainstream media yeah with, I, I, but the thing is i'm i i don't trust mainstream media but you have to have a bit of nuance in that you realize the confines of what they're operating in for some things and how they're bought by the capitalist class but it's like i don't it doesn't mean i read something on the news and i say it's fake it's just like you were saying editorialized yeah yeah. So it's it, but that that's the danger of like if you just make people don't trust anything, then like why would they trust the COVID vaccine? Why would right. they trust anything the government says? No. Well, it's funny you say that because the IDW argument for that is that they don't trust all of these things because they have become infected 
by wokeness. <laughs> so yeah, it's it's just it's literally like they live in an alternate universe where like it's literally like capitalism and the powerful like wealthy people controlling all of this who are normally at best libertarians and normally massive conservatives and it's like yeah it's actually uh the left it's actually like a random transgender student of pronouns that's actually the threat um yeah to, like misinformation and shit like that it's just for yeah it's just very frustrating that this is entertained but as i was saying as as heartening it is to see the left grow like the far right has just grown so mm-hmm. quickly as well and it's just really really like uh you know, even using the Israel stuff is just very frustrating as well because people just don't realise what these accounts even were before they started tweeting about Palestine. Yeah, yeah. It's so important to point that out. I mean, I try as much as I can, but I I mean, yeah. they're still growing. And, uh, yeah. yeah. I, I might make a video I make a video on that topic, but the thing is... Oh, that, that'd be great. Because Twitter's such a mess now. If I try and go back and find their old tweets, I, it's just never going to come up. So I'm going to have to like memorize them saying this stuff because I don't know if you've tried. Yeah, you have to search for the words. But even then, like it will just be like everyone's replies to them. And it's like, (laughs) I'm going to try, but like it is, it's a bit of a mess now to try and find uh, the actual information. But I do think it's important because yeah, like they're using one issue, like they use the vaccine stuff, um, which, you know, is fascist in itself, but they frame it as something different. So it's just, you know, yeah, something to keep vigilant about like, if you're if you're reading an account called Censored Man, yeah, seriously, maybe you should have some red flags about what that actually is before <laughs> it was tweeted out Palestine. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Well, uh, you know, I've really enjoyed your channel too. I mean, you cover a bunch of topics that are very um, much within my wheelhouse, like you know, the IDW. I saw that you did a video a couple years ago about the pipeline from new atheism to the alt right, which you know is such an important thing to remember how that yeah. happened. Is there discussions of Islam and dehumanization of Muslims and how they mainstreamize these talking points, right? And you correctly draw that parallel between Gavin McInnes talking points and Sam Harris in his, you know, oh, yeah. uh, mild, uh, quiet, as I saw a, a New York Times writer, I think, refer to, like an ASMR voice, like fucking hell. <laughs> ASMR yeah. voice that does like white genocide talking points but yeah um no like it is like um it is important because the thing i try and bang on about in my channel is because uh, like i was talking about like, with liberal identity politics becoming so even by the adopted by the powerful it's very hard for people to understand fascism because they're like well if that person isn't saying all black people must die or whatever or i i hate all jews then how can he be a nazi and I'm trying to say, uh, the leader of the Proud Boys was like Afro-Cuban, right? And mm-hmm. I try and say to people, well, it's a new form of fascism. It's yes. Western chauvinist fascism. It's yes. different. It's, it's based on Western supremacy and not white supremacy. Yes. But you, you can't divorce the two from each other. Well, it's an intentional same... shift in tone, right? To be less obvious as well. Yeah. Well, it's like Rishi Sunak, you know, being the prime minister, to lots of people, they're like, oh, that's woke or some shit. And it's like, <laughs> but, but they want you to think that because they still serve white supremacy. Yeah. It doesn't matter that there are like very diverse members of the UK government. They're still serving white supremacy, but the face of it isn't white supremacy anymore. And you can actually 
enter the halls of power. Often they can get away with saying things that maybe a white person can't, like Suella Braverman. Yeah. Like, some of the stuff she says is pretty fucking fashy, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. like, her, her and the previous Home Secretary was also South Asian, Pretty Patel. Mm. Um, if if that was a white person, a white man, saying mm-hmm. that about Muslims, the, the media would not have it. But like right. you're saying, it's, it, it's like a tokenized thing. It's yes. like, they even asked her, would your parents be able to come here under your immigration policy? She said no. So it's <laughs> like, it's also kicking the ladder down as well. Of like, yeah, I yeah, made yeah. it, so fuck, so fuck you. I'm here in England, I've made it, like, no more uh, other people. And that's yeah. why, like, I always say to people, especially people who come from backgrounds like this, like, for me, it's quite divorced because um, I'm third-gen Irish because all my grandparents mm. are, are Irish immigrants to the UK. But so it's very easy for me. And something, like, you're kind of told in the UK, even as a white person, is, like, kind of, like, you want to be English. Um, mm-hmm. But I always say, I, what I was always saying to people who come from different backgrounds is you got to remember where you come from and how people viewed you like Mm -hmm. as polish people in this country get more normalized because people used to hate polish people Mm -hmm. 20 years ago and they first came here as that becomes more normalized you don't want to start seeing polish people in like these conservative governments as well and it's like you have to remember even though you know you were the scapegoat and just because you like you survive that or whatever you can't then turn around be like well i hate these people now but often what happens they do because of white supremacy where it's easier for the Irish, Italians, and probably in the future Ukrainians in the UK and the Polish people, it's easier to assimilate. Mm-hmm. Um, so your next generation, you grow up, you know, your kids have English accents. They, you know, they're, they're seen as English by people. When it's like in the US, it's like Irish and Italians used to be seen as non-white. Mm-hmm. And then you have uh, Nancy Pelosi was the leader of the house. And then you had Joe Biden, he's Irish. JFK was Irish. So it's like all these people have assimilated and they serve white supremacy too. Mm-hmm. And what we're seeing now with like Rishi Sunak and like, uh, if, you had it with female leaders for a bit, but now we're seeing it with like both female and mm-hmm. minority leaders. It's like now it's like they're accepted, but you've got to still serve white supremacy. And even like Sadiq Khan, not saying he's doing this for white supremacy, but it's like there's a certain narrow view of politics in the UK and Islamist politics will never be a thing here. And that's another thing they never talk about. Probably a good thing, thing, but yeah. <laughs> but it, it, it's a good thing, but it's also like, their fears of an Islamist takeover based on population is insane. Because first of all, minority groups and marginalized groups or or immigrant groups, they usually vote left-wing anyway because of they're usually poorer, right? Like if if you're a poor immigrant, you're not going to vote for the Tory party. They're going to like absolutely destroy things you rely on, like the NHS, for example. And also Um, their anti-immigrant rhetoric is much stronger. The anti-immigrant, but what you do have sometimes now is maybe immigrant groups like Indian, um, like Indians who have maybe like second or third yes. generation, and you see it Rishi Sunak, they yeah, yeah, are more yeah. conservative. But that's like because they, as a as a social group, have done better in the economy, so they have more wealth. Therefore, they're becoming more mm-hmm. conservative. But like, especially with the systems of like, like I said, white supremacy, you're always going to have to conform to the UK politics standards, which Sadiq Khan does. Not saying he's an Islamist, but like he had to fit a narrow view to become mayor of London. Even being more radical, he would have been ostracized as well. And Rishi Sunak, he has no ideology. His ideology is money and mm-hmm. doing what everyone else says is good for that, right? He's a hedge fund manager. Mm-hmm. So it's like, for me, um, yeah, like the fears of like, you know, as you were touching on with Sam Harris ages ago, who cares what ethnic racial mix up a country is? Like who really gives a shit? Mm-hmm. But in, in, in that element as well, the ruling class are never really changing. Like the only time you see it change significantly is like, I don't know, 
it doesn't even change that much, but let's say like the Cuban Revolution, where you replace like a fascist slave state with um, a communist one party system with like elections and shit. But that's what, like, you know, black people had better rights after that because they overthrew the racist government. Not saying it's perfect, but like, we're not having that in the UK where we're going to overthrow the government, dissolve the House of Lords, d- destroy the monarchy, and tr- try and create like an egalitarian society where it's like proportional voting. Because unless that happens, there is no actual threat even if we even if every single refugee was a hardcore isis supporting islamist there is still no threat that they are going to take over the politics of the united kingdom i know like societally that's whatever but like we're saying even then <laughs> that would be awful but yeah they, they... Yeah, but, it, but how many islamists live in the uk that probably don't vote conservative is as well yeah is, is like my, my point is like in terms of uh, economic and material needs will always and like we're saying a lot uh, this is like a very like strong example but as we're saying a lot of people who are religious even conservative they don't even think about it so they just vote like oh this person says well keep the nhs i need the nhs i will vote for that like i don't care that they support gay rights because i care about the nhs more than gay rights right like mm-hmm. that, that, that is literally just politics for people and also like you have like that representation sometimes as well of like sadiq khan so even he'll get voted in by people who probably don't agree with his politics. Like, I can't imagine that every single, uh, like, Pakistani refugee or migrant who's voted for him absolutely supports his stance on trans trans mm-hmm. rights, right? Mm-hmm. But they still voted for him. Cause mm-hmm. it, that, that's the thing, because people are complicated, and people are also massive fucking hypocrites. <laughs> yeah. Which, you know, like you were saying, jihadi robot stereotype that Douglas Murray and Sam Harris perpetuate is just something that just does not exist. And also, the people who are actually the main exporters of that terrorism are rich Saudis. So, like... Yeah. If it's actually threatened by Islamists, I'm more threatened by powerful Islamists who run Saudi Arabia, one of the world's biggest economies, than I am a refugee from Pakistan. I don't really give a shit what he believes, to be honest. Mm -hmm. So yeah, like it's just like that's what I mean with why I swapped atheism for for capitalism is like the class analysis is just so much more important. Even even in a time of relative economic uh let's say it's not terrible like it was when I switched to being anti-capitalist, but now it's just so much more important because like you're saying, and like I say with Palestine, it's just all about common humanity and also with one more thing i want to say on this is like um they say like palestinians don't support gay rights and stuff and do people ever think that could be due to being bombed 24 7 not having good schools and yeah. not having a good not having a good economic situation like do you not think that factors in to why europe might be better on these things yeah. than other countries is could could be we have economic development which has also helped lead to political freedom <laughs> mm-hmm. so that's, that's one thing people don't understand or like the only other one is culturally like you're from pakistan pakistan have very specific views on trans people which is interesting but it's like a very cultural thing yeah it's and- it's complicated like i won't say that society isn't transphobic there but in some ways they have been ahead of the west even like i think uh it was like a decade ago at least I could be wrong about the exact year, but it was several, several years ago that they made it easier for people to uh, like have like a gender neutral or like identify as a third gender on their government ID card. And um, they, they, they pay for the surgery as well. I've read somewhere. Oh yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah. Um. Well, because but then I was, I was kind of just saying it's like that has its problems because it's more about. Um. I think it's only for for trans women so mm-hmm. men who transition to women i don't think it's the other way around though but you also have to know while trans people are uh, 
cultural part of the society, they still aren't treated as anywhere no. near equal. Like yeah. only now are we seeing some trans advocacy, and otherwise, it's like they would not be able to get a regular job, right? So they would yeah. be forced to like either do sex work or beg on the streets or they would do things like come and dance at weddings and yeah that's what i was thinking of yeah yeah so it's complicated yeah, but, yeah it is complicated but that was just kind of my point is that in terms of like things like secularism and like maybe equal rights unless you culturally have something in it which will already accept those things like let's say like you know pre-missionary china thailand um pakistan and india to some extent where you have like don't have that gender binary as much mm -hmm. it's like they're never going to develop to a certain point and that's why and that's also with capitalism is like the reason like middle eastern countries can't develop on these things as much is because they have western-backed governments that will prosecute you like in egypt if you actually stand up for lgbt rights and atheism mm -hmm. but they see that as like a backwards thinking thing of muslims but mm -hmm. as we were saying before it's like you need actually local people to change their societies as we did in europe and if we start propping up authoritarian governments forever just for capitalism, then how are they going to develop? But that's what the new atheists can't recognize. Instead, it's actually, no, Arabs actually love authoritarianism. That's why they, they have it. And they hate everything progressive ever, so they'll never tolerate it. And it's like, how does that actually compute when you live in a country where you can pretty much yeah. not always you can say whatever the fuck you want about these things where they can't or they're literally beaten to death in a jail cell by the yeah. police which are backed by the our country so that's why i'm i'm at with palestine is like you can't use this against them because they literally live in an open-air prison and have done for like nearly 20 years how are you meant to like have societal movements for equal rights and stuff when you're literally fighting like an occupation and apartheid <laughs> like yeah. that's the only thing you're thinking of but i know there is you know there is queer Palestinians and stuff, and I have read about that. Who as well. are more afraid of getting killed by Israel than they are of getting killed by Hamas? Yeah, no, exactly. And I, I read one of a, a Palestinian lesbian who was seduced by Tel Aviv being progressive. She went there. She said, while the Israelis accepted her as a lesbian, they kept telling her to change her name to an Is yeah, Israeli. Yeah, they didn't one. accept her as Palestinian, though. Yeah, yeah that, that's what they wanted her to erase her Palestinian identity. So she ended up just leaving because she was like, even though it was better here to be a gay person, like they they only wanted me as a gay person if I wasn't a Palestinian. Yeah. Which I thought was like super interesting. So even yeah. like that's another thing with the Israeli propaganda. Like they don't even have gay marriage. So what are you doing flying that rainbow flag and saying like you're doing this for LGBT rights? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Fight your own government for that. Like it's so not, absurd. Not, not helpless people. It's it's absurd. It, and is Douglas Murray am I am I confusing him a bit? Is he gay as well? Yes, he is, but he's also very <laughs> homophobic. So yeah, like, um, it reminds me of uh, Ernst Ernst Room, the leader of the Brown Church, <laughs> who, was, who was actually gay as well. Thought thought he could create a space for gay people in Nazi Germany before the Nazis turned on him and murdered him for being gay, basically. So, like another token person who's yeah. like, oh, I'm gay, so I support Israel. Yeah, because Hamas would kill me if I went there or some shit like that. Like it's just, it's so, just. you know, he barely mentions that aspect of his identity because he he truly seems like very self hating in that way. Like he hates the gay culture. He makes fun of it. Oh, okay. He hates trans people. Yeah, I've I've seen I haven't seen him say that, but I've seen these types of arguments before um, by like. Uh, I don't know what I would call it, but like more people who buy into like heteronormative masculinity. Yeah. Of like, we should just be 
like uh, what what the Nazi guy said. He was wanted to be like the ancient Phoebians and Spartans who were gay, but they were like warriors and like mm. macho men and stuff. It's like let's be like that, not be like you know gay nightclub culture mm. in the West or something. So yeah, it's it's an interesting thing like that as well. But yeah, just very frustrating for me personally as a leftist how liberal identity politics is constantly weaponized and thrown in our face, even though leftists are people who are responsible for, for like gay rights existing in the first place. Like, throw, throw yeah, your... but Douglas Murray does not identify in any way as a liberal, just to yeah. make that clear. Yeah, but it's annoying how they, they will throw, conservatives will throw it in your face of like, well, you like you were saying earlier, like you support women, you support me too, you support gay rights, yeah. you support trans rights. So why do you support the side that doesn't support that? As yeah. if life is so binary and life is so uncomplicated that that's all you base your support on. And as if you don't know people in your own life, you have to deal with who aren't one for one like you, and you have to realize like in a, like a very inherently transphobic or misogynistic or racist society, you can't just like. I wouldn't call it purity testing, but you're going to have to deal with a lot of people, especially if you want them to be better, that actually hold pretty terrible views by default. As as you know, as a white person myself who grew up in a racist country, I used to have internalized like bigotry, racism towards Muslims, mm-hmm. and I could. And what I did is, I don't know if you watched my video about this. I intellectualized it as I just didn't like mm-hmm. Islam, and then I realized that like, but is that true? And th- I'm someone who actually like knew Muslim people. I'm not like some white person who lived in a rural all-white village i knew muslim people and i could still have these mm-hmm. thoughts because i was bombarded by the war on terror my whole mm-hmm. life so i was still like you know i still think that and it takes a long time to unpick that and that's like you know how i see the world is turns like if you're saying to me well you should support x because they're like they support this like you and it's like that doesn't work because i understand how people have to go through a certain evolution to kind of break out of brainwashing like i did so i'm not gonna like completely damn someone who let's say, voted for Trump the first time or voted for Brexit, because I understand how that comes about without someone being, like, inherently an evil person, for example, Mm. like, born evil. Yeah, I mean, but then you have to be consistent and look at all groups in that way, right? Which you do, from what I see, but what I don't understand is when Sam Harris says something like that, he can see it, and, you know, they were radicalised, by the wokes yelling at them about pronouns, but then he can't see it when Palestinians are having their families blown up. Yeah, that's that's a great point in terms of like, um, first of all, he doesn't understand why people would vote Trump. That has nothing to do with woke pronoun stuff, but also why Palestinians m- might mm. join Hamas. Like he doesn't understand that, which is so obvious to anyone because Americans tried to overthrow their own government because the president they mm-hmm. liked didn't get elected. And it's like, <laughs> so we understand that, but we don't understand why if you had your whole family killed by an Israeli airstrike, like 20 members of your family, why as a young man, you wouldn't join the only militant group who are properly fighting back in, in your area. So yeah, it's just, just a frustrating hypocrisy. But like you're saying, I think he's just stupid. You think he's a bit more like cunning in terms of like, he just plays stupid to make these stupid points. But yeah, I think genuinely. If listen to my, um, woking up series and, I, I hope you'll be able to see why I think that because I feel like he's just hiding how extreme some of his views are and pretending. Yeah, I need to fin- I, I, I listened to the first two. I need to finish them all. But um, yeah, because I, I think we differ on that. I, I think he's genuinely. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, 
Why do you think he's just stupid? Like, sure, he is stupid, but why just stupid and also not malicious and deliberate? Oh, no, I, I, I think he's malicious. I just don't, I just think what he's saying makes sense in his own head. Um, I don't think he thinks he's making no sense and he's trying to win like a, a like a broader battle of ideas so he plays dumb. I just think, especially, I think Jordan Peterson's a good reference of someone who talks about stuff he doesn't understand and then ends up parroting, parroting very, very fascist things because they have no understanding of what they're saying. Like, I think sometimes, I think Sam Harris is a racist, but I think sometimes he's a fascist mm. by accident in that, like, he's like, oh, it, it just makes sense. And the fascist argument makes sense. But I, I think if, if you, if you, if he was very genuine, I think he would consider himself uh, a left-leaning centrist. Uh, which is insane. But I, no, I think he does consider himself that, but I don't think that he is a fascist by accident because look at all the coincidences, right? The things that he likes, the things that he's drawn to are Douglas Murray because he doesn't have the courage to be as open about it as Douglas Murray. So by proxy, he uses Douglas's work and says it's impeccable. And when he, yeah. he's drawn to Tommy Robinson and specific interviews where Tommy Robinson is saying very borderline white nationalist things, like when Tommy was on Dave Rubin, uh, Anne Marie Waters, as I mentioned before, like these are the, the things that he wants to use his platform to spread. And even currently, there was, well, like he's done like what, eight podcasts in I don't know how many weeks talking about how bad... Islam is and how Israel is, you know, basically this children of darkness versus children of light thing that Netanyahu was saying in podcast form on repeat. And then he took a break from that to put Douglas Murray talking to someone on his podcast feed because that was so important to hear for everyone that is in his audience. And yeah. And then he has like said these weird statements that are very like white nationalist adjacent, right? Like there was a thing from his book, I think End of Faith, where he talks about how the ominous demographic trend of Muslim birth rates and how in 25 years France will become majority Muslim. And he has written that like, I don't know, 15, 17 years ago now. And I think France is still at six or seven percent Muslim, maybe eight or nine max. Yeah. But it's definitely not majority Muslim. And he talks about things like, you know, brown men raping white women, like all of these. Do you, th do you really think that all of these are by accident? So um, what I meant, I guess, by like accident in terms of like he... It, like, so I think Douglas Murray is like, no, I am just unapologetically like a fascist, right? Like, this is what I believe. But I think Sam Harris is like, you, you are outlined there, a bit of a coward for one thing. Yeah. Because he won't say it. Um, but also, I think, I think he's so ill-informed. I don't know. I'm not trying to give him credit and try to downplay him. I think he's so ill-informed. He'll just read something like Charles Murray's The Bell Curve. And he, he, he has no, no context for it. And he just thinks, oh my God, like this guy was onto something because he doesn't know anything about what this guy's talking about, right? So he just reads the bell cur curve. He's heard it's bad. And then he thinks, oh shit, like there is a link between race and IQ, right? I know you have to be like insanely racist <laughs> to think that, 
But I genuinely, I genuinely think like he he's never read a counter argument to that. But he has, like he's so had he just, like detailed conversations with people in counter argument to that. Like, no, I, I mean, I, I mean, afterwards he does, but I think he gets into it, and then he he has a conversation with Charles Murray, and he's racist anyway. Then he believes him, and then he'll start defending him all the time. Right? I think that's what I mean in terms of like you know how sometimes you just know something. I don't know. Like, uh, where I'm coming at it from is, you know, his, obviously, end of faith, and I think he reads the Quran, and for him, that's good enough, is what I'm talking about. Like, he's never read about, like, Islamic literature, about, like, maybe history, or how the Quran was formed, or, or the formation of Islam. I don't think he knows anything about religious history, for one thing, right? So he reads the Quran, he sees ISIS, he ties that together. He r- reads Charles Murray, he sees, like, I don't know, uh, yeah, which he's talked about as well, like, he re- sees, like, poverty in the united states which is racially disproportionate and then he makes that link oh it must be like an iq thing right because how are asians successful and not black people or whatever like he that's how he rationalizes it so why i say fascist by accident is i think an actual fascist and at the end of the day it doesn't actually matter does it right Um, if he's a fascist by accident or an actual fascist but i mean yeah I, i think he's too stupid um in a lot of ways to realize that he is one and that's why he thinks oh i'm a left-leaning centrist who just have the hard conversations and i'm very progressive and i support these rights and that's why i'm against islam and i think that actually all is coherent in his head and that's why he's like you know but then even when you were talking to him i think that exposes him because like he's just so shifty about it but i don't think he's doing that because he's malicious and trying to trick you i think he just genuinely doesn't know what he's talking about on like most things he speaks on therefore when you start confronting him even back in the day it's like very uncomfortable for him and he doesn't really know how to respond because i think if you have that conversation with douglas murray like the exact same conversation you were having because you were asking sam harris about douglas murray he would not be shifty with you he'd just Mm -hmm. tell you straight up and it is is, but I, i i can understand how you think Sam is hiding his power level behind other people. Mm-hmm. I just think he thinks, oh, I don't really know this. So Douglas Murray, you seem like you understand this. You go talk to them. Like you tell them. No, but the, I don't really know enough about this person, enough about this person. He has done it for years about every person that he chooses to promote in every other way. Like, he threatened to quit Patreon when Lauren fucking Southern, Lauren Southern, the white nationalist, yeah, I uh, got <laughs> deplatformed off of Patreon because she, like, fired a flare at a migrant boat. He used his platform to talk about how this poor conservative journalist was being silenced, and that's why he's going to quit Patreon. And then he didn't because they told him that actually, you know, she fired a flare gun, and could have caused the boat to drown. So that seemed okay, acceptable to him. But he never did an episode to retract that, oh, she was a con- just a conservative journalist who was being silenced. He just, you know, didn't leave Patreon. So, yeah, so that that's, that's like how, uh, I think that's how we, we can both see it different ways. So that's, to me, that's like, he didn't know that she did that. So he just quickly goes on like, oh, they're trying to silence this journalist because she's anti-Islam, right. right? So that's what, in my head, I think he didn't even know it. So he's so reactionary. But then someone said, oh, well, she actually did shoot this flare at like a refugee boat. And he's like, oh, okay, then like uh, maybe I can justify like going back on that. But I get what you're saying as well, how he can be like the puppet master of, I have to keep this image of rational centrist, therefore conservative 
bigot. You come and talk about immigration mm-hmm. demographics. Other person come talk about women's rights. All the worst uh, people. So Who are the people about... that he loves to hear on yeah. race? They are the Quillette <laughs> writers that are non-white yeah. and will say the most racist things that he can hide behind. Yeah, and um, he, I think I don't know. I didn't know who these people were, but he brought up like black people um, in your one. I didn't know who these were, but he was like, yeah. I could get this person on and talk to them about. So I, I'm, I'm willing to believe your argument. I, I'm actually willing to open to being convinced. But right. I think it's just because of my experience. Like you, you should send me um, something afterwards because I am, I'm open to being convinced he actually is like far right and likes to hide yeah. rather than is just an idiot. Um, but then for for me, it was just I always just found him like like even old debates he'd used to do. He had this like little thing about how if you had like an island of people who'd never interacted with the world and gave them the Quran, you'd come back and they'd be, <laughs> if you they were living like ISIS, ISIS, you wouldn't be surprised. And it was like it's like for me, I was like, holy shit, that's such a stupid argument. It's very stupid because just look at the state of the world, right? British Islam is so different from Canadian Islam and American Islam, and just yeah. that alone should debunk that nonsense. Saudi Islam is different, and it's trying to take yeah. over all the other versions of Islam because of its economic power, but that just shows how many different variations there are. South Asian Islam historically yeah. has been so influenced by its proximity to Hinduism, but now that is changing. Um, but anyways. Yeah. And same, with, same with Southeast Asian yeah. and Buddhism and, and Islam and stuff. It's like, but that's what I mean. It's like, that's for him why he's so stupid, because as we've been talking about this whole podcast, is uh, how that island would develop would be based on how much food they have, um, like their material conditions being met. If, if it was very impoverished and people were starving to death all the time. No one has time yeah. to be reading and interpreting Islam. It, they're, they're going out hunting. Exactly. Like it'd be, it'd be completely different based on how abundant the resources were there. And yeah, maybe you could get ISIS based on certain things, but maybe you could also get something where people give zero shits about the religion apart from believing there is an afterlife and a God. Right. So it's like for him, that's why I always just, I, I just find him so like a, a lot of fascists that I cover like are so unhinged about what they believe and and there's always like a through line like Jordan Peterson being like this insane yes, anti-leftist. Yes. But this is why this is why Sam Harris and I choose him very specifically because he is so insidious. He fools a lot of people. Like I mean yeah. I, he is stupid. I agree with you on that. <laughs> But I think, in a way, it's that stupidity that drives his inner fashiness, you know? There's just too many coincidences where he does, I don't know enough about this. Dave Rubin, he was funding for years, and he would start deleting on his yeah. Reddit AMAs when people used to ask him questions about, why the hell do you support Dave Rubin? Why the hell do you support Dave Rubin? <laughs> Those questions would be deleted. And then, um, yeah. you know, there's Jordan Peterson, whom he's also said, like, I agree with about 90% of what he says. And, uh, like... You know, Jordan Peterson is a deranged fascist. I don't know how you can call yourself rational and say that you agree with, like, even 30% of what he says. And there's Robert Spencer. I don't know if you're familiar with Robert Spencer, like, this crazy count... Not Richard Spencer, but, like, another racist bigot, like... <laughs> crazy counter jihad like... I think his website was called, like, Jihad Watch or something. Just, like... 
deranged, paranoid, everyone in it is an Islamist, and everyone is lying, everything is Pallywood, and just, like, crazy. So crazy that other bigots have called him an Islamophobe, so... <laughs> yeah, I, okay, I'm, I'm willing to be, be convinced Sam Harris is smarter than he lets on, in some ways, to actually just push this stuff... Because, yeah, the thing is, his original book was racist anyway. Like, that's what he became famous for, mm. The End of Faith and stuff. I don't know if it's the first one, but like his most famous mm-hmm. early one. And that was racist as fuck already. So it's like, I, I'm, I'm the, the only thing, and I'm, I'm not saying you have to be smart to be a fascist. The one thing is, I feel like a lot of more typical fascists, or people who even don't think they're fascists, but they are, I think they liked um, that's what i mean it could just be a grift or whatever but like i feel like a lot of them stand behind their words a bit more but i I also get what you're saying in terms of his image has always been one thing if he's if he did the transition like jordan peterson has to um you know i am just this guy who talks about these things in a rational way to i work for the daily wire now and i'm absolutely mentally unstable like that is just such a difference and shift and jordan peterson's own fans have said like i don't like him anymore because he used to be about self-help and now he's about like just can't stop talking about the left and stuff. So I, I do get that argument as well. Right, but when he was about self-help, he was also about fascism, but they just didn't see it. But Oh, yeah, exa- exactly. Because he, he hid it yeah. behind being a more rational... Like, I made a video about yeah. how he's an apologist for the Nazis, and like most of it is taken from when he was fairly sane. So. Yeah. So, so, yeah, that's all I'm saying about Sam Harris, is that you know he hides behind this rational veneer. He's been a huge part of like giving an intellectual veneer... To- to so much of the extremely far-right talking points. And I think if you do go through my Woking Up series, and also in the first episode, I think I recommend listening to to my breakdown of Sam Harris's thoughts on white supremacy. That's outside of the series, but it's linked in the show notes of the first one. Yeah, I, I, I definitely listened to him because it was in one of your videos about him talking about George yeah. Floyd. And how police are yeah. white supremacists, or like it's not protecting the white supremacist system. So I do remember all his takes about that being just like, you know, I don't even know if he was trying to be contrarian, just being like, holy shit, like, are you really saying this right now? And we've just seen yeah. like the most terrible example of like visible white supremacy in a while. Just like, yeah, like it, it's just, um, I, I definitely will watch, listen to some of your more um, in detail ones because, yeah, I, I, I am totally open okay. to being convinced because I can totally <laughs> see it. But may, maybe I just don't have a high opinion mm. enough of him in terms. Like you're more familiar with his work, obviously. So in my mind, he's not smart mm. enough to do that. He's just a coward and he's stupid. Uh, but if if he is like the mastermind um, pulling strings, and well, he's also stupid, like you were saying. But like if if he is really like I'm assembling the fascist Avengers and I'll just be in the background, then like yeah, I'm open to believing that. Oh no, I don't. I don't think he's doing that. I think he genuinely believes he's a liberal centrist, but his passion and like it it is all fascist like he is he is motivated by very fashy beliefs against trans people against muslims against feminists against uh you know so many different minority groups it can't all be a coincidence i just think that he does like to hide his power level as you said because he finds it to be too obvious is like too i don't know gauche or too common seeming like that's something trump would do or rubin would do and he's like a yeah. more sophisticated oh, okay. version yeah. of that yeah he's an intellectual right so you so, can't really, exactly you know, talk, about, talk about muslim birth rates too much and then saying it's like you know 
uh, genocide of white people, basically through through stealth uh, immigration and birth right. Rates but if you shit. listen, he's saying a lot of the same things and propping up a lot of the same things. So I think he truly doesn't think he's a fascist. Just like you know, someone that is like an Islamist wouldn't be like, oh, I'm an extremist. I am truly, they would think that yeah. they're fighting for the good of things. Yeah, no, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, no, I think that's an interesting difference uh, between us, and I would be curious to know how uh, you feel once you've listened. But, yeah, I've, I've so appreciated your channel because it's one of a few that I watch these days. You know, you cover the IDF propaganda so well. And, uh, you know, you've been doing it for a couple of years now, which, which is awesome. Yeah. I think not, not as long as you, but still quite long. 2017. I started, you started with a 20. Oh no. I mean, specifically talking about Israel. I wasn't, I, I used to hesitate to say anything to be honest, because as you said, I did not want to be tarred with the accusation of anti-Semitism. Like, that's horrible. I, I absolutely don't want to be called anti-Semitic. Yeah. And I don't want to be perceived as that because I truly think that's an awful thing. But now that I, I feel like the situation is so, so urgent and the definition of anti-Semitism has become so ridiculously conflated with criticism of the government of Israel that it just... I don't know. I, f I feel like I just ha I I can't not say anything anymore. Yeah, and and that's that's the good thing. The silver lining, which is you know, you wish this never happened. But as someone who's like been covering it for a long time, mainly because of Jeremy Corbyn being smeared with being an anti-Semite, because he used to be a big critic of Israel. Uh, it's like twenty sixteen. Yeah, I did used to hear about him being called anti-Semitic, and honestly, I don't know enough about him or that. Yeah. To have gauged it properly, but now I, I'm always thinking back to these things like, oh, that person was called, and Ilhan Omar in the North American context, right? She was called anti-Semitic yeah. for simply saying that APAC has a lot of influence over American politics, which it yeah. does. I mean, and that's what I, that's what I guess the whole theme of the video has been is like weaponizing anti-racism weaponizing progressive values against people who do believe in them yes. to shut them up basically and then with the anti-semitism it's just yeah for me the only the only thing is i used to the notion the actual like construct of israel i didn't used to focus on as much i used to just mainly focus on like the actions but i think now is the time to like I've been pretty strong about it for a while, but I used to be more like I got to get people on my side, and I you, I'll focus on the atrocities more than like the actual like concept of the nation. Uh, but now I'm a bit more like let's just talk about all of it now because it's the time to reassess like because everyone's getting a first a, a first very intimate view into what this mm -hmm. country is. Um, people walking around with guns all the time. Mm -hmm. uh, people posting TikToks of them destroying Palestinian homes and laughing about it. Uh, most of the country thinking that Israel haven't gone far enough, and it's like, what is even happening to this country right now? It's like uh, some of your audience might know this is a film called Starship Troopers, which seems to have been made about Israel, which it wasn't, but it's like a fascist uh, militarized society, and it's like, yeah, it's just, it's just, you know, like yourself, it's, it's good you feel confident to talk about these things. But that's the bad thing that Israel have done. They don't realize they've shown the world their true face. And and even people who might have given them a bit of leeway before or, or you know, uh, maybe not has been as harsh as like, well, how the fuck can I stay silent when I'm watching this on my social media yeah. feed every single day? Yeah, I think being from Muslim background, you're automatically more 
careful about being perceived as having this hatred for Jewish people and absolutely that is not something that I think I have a problem with. I mean, I find it concerning when there is anti-Semitism and I call that out and I use my platform to call that out. But I just don't think yeah. that criticism of the government of Israel or IDF is anti-Semitic and uh, yeah. Yeah, and also when you come from a left-wing point of view, so much of the right-wing stuff is literally textbook anti-Semitism and they're some of the biggest supporters yeah. of Israel as well. So like even a lot of the vaccine stuff, you know, we saw that stuff yeah. in the tunnels yeah, under yeah, that yeah. synagogue in New York. People who support Israel in my feet, like they're talking about like, baby sacrifices yeah, and like just, really really anti-semitic stuff i couldn't believe it yeah but i'm just like that that's the that is real anti-semitism anti-semitism isn't that oh i do not agree of genocide and using your uh ethnicity or religion to justify it does not work uh but that, again yeah or chanting yeah. from the river to the sea or yeah and that, that's why like you know for me as someone who's gone from being a liberal to being a leftist it's just like you can see it so plainly how your own values, which I do have, you know, I'm massive fight against anti-Semitism. I've made so many videos mm -hmm. on this sort of thing. Um, you just, you know, you just don't let it shut you up because you know, you're on the right side of history for this stuff. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but that's the thing why I, I want to make a video about some of these Twitter accounts because yeah, I think that'd be I great. just think they're tricking a lot of people into following them. And it's not, it's not people's fault. Cause I just looked at one before we came on and I was like, they're just tweeting out videos from like yeah. journalists there. But it's obviously, especially with Elon's new monetization system, it's, yes. it's also for money as well. But um, no, no, I, re I really appreciate you having me on. And yeah, no, I just re really enjoyed this chat. Oh, it's been an absolute uh, blast chatting with you. And uh, it's been great checking out your channel. And I appreciate that you cover like a wide range of uh, topics, like from Passport Bros. I found that one really fascinating. <laughs> Yeah, I'm trying to. I like it is. It is fucking weird um, how much I switch it up. Um, it's great like, talking about something. Yeah, I, I do enjoy it to be fair. But thanks for the nice words because yeah, sometimes talking about terrible shit all the time is really hard, and I'm sure you're related yes, to that as well. Yes. Um, and sometimes you got not saying that passport bros aren't terrible themselves, but I mean it's a bit. <laughs> it's a it's a bit more humor to it because it's just so insanely delusional. Even though I am dealing with racism right. <laughs> there as well. I, I found it really funny. They call themselves sex pats. No, that I I was calling oh, you, them that. Oh, you that, were... that's that's what they are. But they rebranded it as passport bros. Oh, oh, okay, okay. I yeah, sex pat is like you know. Um, you, you see it everywhere, but when I went to Thailand and Vietnam, it's just you know you see very old men with uh, younger women, right. and it's like, and and obviously there's a rightly so there's a bit of a stigma attached to that because it's all about like economic conditions a lot of the time. Yeah. Um, but these guys are like rebranding it as something cool, like yeah, let's be a sex pat, like let's be a passport, bro. <laughs> it's awesome. So essentially, it's just like a subculture of like guys that travel to find trad wives or something. Yeah, because they think like we like it's, it fits in nicely with what we talk about. They think everyone in uh, either like Colombia or Thailand or Vietnam, they're all very traditional conservative. Which submissive is yeah which is very very funny uh when you think about the, the history of all these countries like it's, they think feminism doesn't exist outside the mm -hmm. west <laughs> like like colombian feminism is like that's never existed of course it mm -hmm. it's like <laughs> it's literally a country that had like a, a maoist guerrilla insurgency for like 50 years it's like it but obviously because it's all like we're talking about with this stuff it's all just racism of like 
oh, Asian women subservient mm-hmm. and will love Western man. Therefore, I'll go to Thailand and get myself a Thai bride. But obviously, it's, it goes well. It's old as hell, like that sort of mindset. But it's just funny to see it on a Reddit page. Yeah, yeah. No, that was a, an interesting video. And also, you did you covered the Stanley Cup craze. That was funny. Uh, yeah, that. Yeah, that was fun. Just because. Um, yeah, just consumerism. I just don't like generally, but just to see how the levels it's getting to now is just depressing, but also very funny. It's so <laughs> absurd because I I've only heard the term Stanley Cup, and I know nothing about sports, not a single thing. Yeah. But I've only heard it in terms of I think it's hockey, right? Hockey. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's ice hockey. Yeah, that's how. Yeah. I, that's the only thing I knew it from as well, and I don't even follow hockey, so. <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't know what it was, and then I started seeing all these videos about this like giant like just a cup with a straw and like <laughs> i didn't understand why like someone some people were auctioning them off on ebay for like a thousand dollars it's it, uh it's just i just don't but i that's why i tried to even though i treated it a bit more as like a humorous thing i tried to delve into why people get so obsessed about so much stupid shit these days I mean, I might I might have been reaching a bit talking about like capitalist alienation and stuff, but <laughs> I, I do think it fits to some degree, like for some people, because it's just like you said, it's absurd. It's a cup with a straw, and people buy like twenty of them. They're like fifty bucks each or something. Yeah, like, it oh. seems so inconvenient because of how large and heavy that would be to carry around. Yeah, exactly. Like I, I read a blog, a British woman. She was like bringing it around with her for a week. She got a flight. She said it was the size of the plane window. It's like who <gasps> the hell needs that? <laughs> oh god must be, i think it must be like two liters at least it's so crazy awful <laughs> all right well thank you so much um did you want to I, I mean everyone should go check out your channel we've talked about some of the fun recent videos you've done but there's a lot more like on new atheism and idf tiktoks and stuff that people- yeah um yeah i just say if if you come to my channel i mean if you made it this far you probably interesting the israel stuff so just type in cabernacle israel but also my latest video has been covering it and if you care about the new atheism stuff in particular uh, i just say cabernacle new atheist and it's it's you know as, as you probably realize it's, it's covered it over a couple years not so much these days mm-hmm. but um last four years or so i definitely have been talking about it so yeah if you're interested just go have a look at that and just you know cabernacle or is my username on absolutely everything so if you type that in on whatever platform it will come up and yeah, that's it really. Um, thank you so much for having me on. I really enjoyed the conversation. And uh, yeah, I always enjoy talking to people about these things just because it makes me feel like not crazy. Mm-hmm. I don't know about you. In my, in, in my real life, sometimes <laughs> I talk to people about this stuff and I'm like, you think I'm insane, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> I hear you. When you get very online, like, I mean, my friends in real life don't know any of these people they don't know jordan peterson they don't know so you know it is it is nice to talk to someone about these very specific topics and uh, i know yeah have a good rest of your week you too bye-bye all right bye-bye thanks for listening If you enjoyed this episode and would like to support it, there are several ways you can do that. You can share it online, talk about what you just heard. You can leave a five-star review to help others find it too. And you can also subscribe via patreon.com forward slash nice mangoes. No E in mangoes. If you'd like to follow me on Twitter before it's uh, completely wrecked, 
You'll find me at Nice Mangoes. Again, no E in mangoes.